everyone, this is April. And this is Jill. And we are the Sweet and Spicy Chicks. Thanks so much for joining us. We are having a little bit of technical difficulty. We had so a lot today. We were about ready to smash the computer, ain't gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> we just, some days we got it and some days we don't. I never got it, guys. <laughs> I'm like, between my son and Joe, they're the ones that have to do the technical stuff. I'm just here along for the You're ride. just the creative... <laughs> Leader. I'm just a sexy voice. <laughs> just a voice. That's right. I'm just a sexy voice behind the microphone. <laughs> we should we should probably get into the movie. We should, because we've been here for like two hours already trying to figure out the technological stuff and then girl talking and her poor husband's out there with the kids. <laughs> he came in, he's like, You guys haven't even started yet? Yeah. He's waiting for me to grow rich and then mm-hmm. make it up to him. That's so. right. <laughs> so hey guys. <laughs> so share with a friend. Share this with a friend. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we're so excited to jump in today. We decided to do the movie where the crawdads sing. Yeah. And it is a movie adaptation from the novel by Delia Owens. Yeah. Never read the book. I'm sorry. Me neither. Can't even pretend I did. Didn't even know what the movie was about going no. into it. But I had heard a lot of good stuff about it, so I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, and it falls into the historical fiction genre because it takes yes. place in 1959 through 1969. And technically, you know, someone's like, is that really historical? I'm like, hey, it's before I was born, so we're good. I think that's the very <laughs> definition of historical fiction was a moment in time prior to um, your actual... Okay birth and life. So there we so go. there we go. We nailed it. <laughs> nailed something today anyway. All right. So I'm going to start us out with characters and we're not going to go over all of them because again, these movies have so many. So the highlighted ones are going to be Catherine Clark, aka Marsh Girl, also aka Kaya, her brothers and sisters Murph, Mandy, Missy, Jody, Tate, the neighbor boy, Chase Andrews, Tom Melton, who becomes Miss Clark's lawyer, Mr. James Madison, a.k.a. Jumpin', and his wife, Mabel, and we'll get into more of them as well. Yeah, loved it. So plot, we pulled this again, like we always do, from IMBD, so you can give it a goog if you want to look it up yourself. Um, But abandoned as a girl, Kaya raised herself in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina. For years, rumors of the marsh girl haunted Barkley Cove, isolating the sharp and resilient Kaya from her community. Drawn to two young men from town, she opens herself to a new and startling world. However, when one of them is found dead, Kaya immediately becomes the main suspect. As the case unfolds, the verdict as to what happened becomes increasingly unclear threatening to reveal many secrets. Mm-hmm. IMBD did their work this week. Yes, they did. Apparently, they weren't sipping margaritas no. on the beach this week. I don't know. <laughs> what? Because that was, was really good. Was it Malcolm's List where it was one sentence? Yeah, I think that was. And yeah. we were like, wow, someone has to be on vacay. Cause <laughs> nice work, IMBD, this week. Yes. Nice work. Yeah, I'm super excited to jump into the themes visited, and I feel like they're going to be a little bit dark. Yes, I did try to do a couple light ones. <laughs> we're starting like off. Elvis. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> so hate, prejudice, murder, and then I'm wrapping it up with love, kindness, forgiveness, and second chances. But then we do have to do some trigger warnings because, guys, there's quite a bit in this movie and a few scenes that were very hard to watch. Yeah. So we had both the verbal and physical abuse. Yeah. And then there's also a few intimate scenes with what, as Jill likes to call it, canoodling. Canoodling. <laughs> and then there's also, also, I felt, a very graphic rape scene as well. Yes. Very graphic rape scene. And, so. I mean, we were both going in blind. Neither of us, like I said, had read the book or knew anything about it. And so I was like, whoa, like what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I think they did. We'll get into it. Mm -hmm. I think they did this scene justice as Mm -hmm. far as what 
sexual assault looks like, but yes. it was very hard to watch. Yes. Like Sometimes I almost have. feel like movies are too real nowadays. Like, yeah. back in the day, you know, they look so fake. Like, you could tell, like, you know, blood and different stuff that they would do. And yeah. Scenes, you're like, um, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a little too fake. But now it's, like, almost so real. Like, I was telling my kids last time, like, man, I don't hope I don't have any nightmares from this movie. It was, like, that so real. So true. It was very graphic. So just trigger warning yes. as we get into some of the scenes Definitely. later on. And so our question we'd like to ask, would you watch with kids? That's a no-brainer. No. No. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> not that it wasn't good. I just want to be mm-hmm. very clear here. Not that it wasn't good. It was just the the themes were very adult. They were. I mean, nature. I was even trying to tell my 10-year-old daughter a little bit, and she was like, you're scaring me. And I'm like, okay. It's like even talking to her about it was too much. Yeah. Like, can you imagine her watching the movie? No, no I don't no. think that she would watch that. I, she's not ready to watch it, no. and neither are we're, m- my stepdaughter who's a teenager or the boys. No. It's just too young. My, yeah. my husband did watch it with me, Whoa. and it was, we both were like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like it was a quiet moment where you don't want to disrespect the moment right. or the scene. Mm-hmm. It's a very gripping scene to watch, and you know that there's being violence perpetrated mm-hmm. against someone, so you're awkwardly very quiet. Yes. But we did decide that towards the middle of that scene to kind of fast forward because it mm-hmm. was very detailed and, yes. and a little bit graphic. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely want to give you guys a heads up on that. And then where can they watch this, Joe? Everywhere that you stream movies, Voodoo, uh, Apple TV, mm-hmm. Google Movies, Google Play Store, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime. That. Yep. What's the other one? Redbox Fandango trying streaming. Trying to test me. I don't yeah. even know all these. She's like telling me all these, and I'm like, I have no idea. Every I'm broke. single one. <laughs> Um, and it is five ninety nine on all platforms right now to rent. Mm-hmm. So, so nice. it's a six dollar movie, mm-hmm. you know, for a rental, almost like a blockbuster. Yeah, but for now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that's that one that's cheap nowadays, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you ready to jump right in? So this is gonna be our spoiler alerts, guys, and we are just gonna again kind of throw our notes out. We're gonna talk about it. We'll kind of go through a little bit mm-hmm. step by step, but not like crazy like we did in the King's Affection or whatever. <laughs> That was just, yeah. like, putting us to sleep. We've, we've evolved a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I also think we watch these movies so many times that we've kind of got it down now. Yeah. We don't or have so to go scene hope. by scene. <laughs> yes. So, Jill had a fun fact that she said it was produced by Reese Witherspoon. It was. And I forgot that. Yeah. Yes. That's really cool. Uh, Reese Witherspoon has done other uh, productions lately. She did, uh, she was part of Big Little Lies. Okay. And she was also part of, is it Little Fires Everywhere? I was that the so. show mm-hmm. with her and... I think so. I never watched it, but I saw the commercials. Yeah. And she actually starred in that, but I think mm-hmm. it's Little Fires yeah. Everywhere. So. That's really cool. So she's doing both. I know. Good for you, Reese. Yes. That's so awesome. And so the movie opens in Barkley Cove, North Carolina, 1969, with a dead body. Yeah. This movie's not playing. No. We go all. right into <laughs> right kids in playing like, in the marsh. Yeah. And a dead body. <laughs> yes. And I was like, again, half asleep. I apparently always am. But it was later at night for me, like eight. Because <laughs> I yes, was. Yes, me too. But I was like, what's going on? I had to keep stopping and going back because I was just so tired to even know at the beginning what was going on. Well, and did you feel like the sheriffs were, there was one sheriff, not mm-hmm. sheriffs, but did you feel like, and I have a funny story about this, <laughs> I'll segue, but did you feel like the police that were called were really calm? Yeah. Like, oh, it looks like a dead body. Like, <laughs> like okay. okay. Like, do you just see dead bodies all the time? <laughs> <laughs> this is 1969 North Carolina. In a small town, too. So it's not like it's they're not happening every day. No. <laughs> he was eerily calm. <laughs> 
And also, thanks for pointing out that it's a dead body. Like, people couldn't grasp that real quick. (laughs) That was my only note. Yes. (laughs) And then um, they discover that he has fallen from a 63-foot fall. Yes. That is, I mean, just the thought of that, like, was giving me the chills because I'm afraid of heights anyway. So am I. And so the thought of that, I'm like, oh. Like, deathly afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And the coroner says he fell backwards and actually died from a fatal blow to the back of the head, maybe hit on the railing for potentially being pushed. Yeah. So they're saying, you know, it's not an accident. It's a murder. Right. Is basically what they have decided. Yeah. But again, he was out there by himself. It could be slippery, but they just decide all of a sudden, well, this had to be a murder. I don't know. Did you feel like they were just kind of pulling stuff like rabbits out of their hat? I mean, I I definitely thought it wasn't but like that I don't know I I thought they also pulled a lot out pretty quickly I did note that the coroner said it was to the back of the head like he wanted to note it was to the back of the head Mm -hmm. but how did he know I guess I didn't understand how did he know that he hit it on the railing and not somehow on the way wasn't there blood that they had seen that's right. Okay. I think that's, that's what, what it was. was. There was blood mm-hmm. on the railing. Yes. Oh, look at you. You're so good. I'm I like, guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I, fun fact, I will say, so <laughs> my husband watched this with me and both of us, he's going to say that he didn't think this way, but he did. So <laughs> Matt, I know you're listening while you're at the gym and you did <laughs> think this way. We both thought that the sheriff, Sheriff Jackson, was the same man from Terminator. <laughs> And so I made him stop the movie twice oh my so that we could go Google <laughs> if the man was the man from Terminator. And was it? It was not. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't have even known. I think <laughs> I watched Terminator maybe or half of it because my husband loves it, but I don't remember. I said, I think that's the man from Terminator. And he's and like, like, no. No. I said, I bet you it is. And he then we paused the movie. But it did not turn out to be that man. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Can't win all. Striking <laughs> resemblance. Just want everyone to know. <laughs> So sorry, we segued so much. Yeah. But it ended up being the body, which we forgot to mention. Sorry, I skipped that whole line. Of Chase Andrews was actually who this dead person ended up being. Yeah. And so all these rumors start flying because who they think it is is Marsh Girl, a.k.a. Kaya. Right. Because she's estranged from the town. She lives out in the marsh. So, hey, why not pin it on her? Right. And she was around him and had been known to be seen with him. Yeah. And it and Chase was I think that there's a scene later on in a bar where um, the town people are gathering mm-hmm. and they know everything about everyone and yes. they do say, "Hey, Chase was kind of on the prowl in the town. He yes, was a ladies' they did man. Say that. So. He was like a tomcat, yes. prowling around. That's exactly <laughs> what they said. He was a tomcat of the town. Yes, and I'm like, whoa, okay. So they do. They're pinning it on the Marsh Girl, mm-hmm. and thus begins the main story driver, which is her getting herself, um, def- well, defending her. She does get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. What is the lawyer's name? Tom Milton. Tom I believe Milton. if I was hearing right, I am half deaf. It feels and like. it's her basically getting uh, Tom. Melton agrees to defend her, mm-hmm. and it's her getting her day in court. Yep. And so the movie does go, like a lot of the movies, back and forth. So you actually will see 
where it goes and it starts there, but then it goes backward. Yeah. And so she starts telling her story to the lawyer because like, I need to get to know you a little bit and get to know a little bit about you if I'm going to be defending you. And so then it times jumps. We were at 1969 and it goes back into 1953, I believe. Yes. When, or 52, one of those. Yeah, I think it was 53, you're right. Yep. And so when she's a little girl and so you'll meet some of the characters and I mean, a lot of this movie was really heartbreaking. I did not know it was like this heavy or this sad. Like I thought it was just like a chick flick, you know, since I hadn't read the book and so I'm all excited. And then I'm like, whoa, like it got dark and Me heavy too. real fast. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. It was like, whoa, like I had to, I almost probably stopped probably us for not researching what it was I, actually about. I guess. And then we walked into it like a, like a girl night and we were like, oh, this is very surprised. Not that. <laughs> I mean, it was very realistic, sadly, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. their lives and things that they experience. And but uh, right away, one of the main scenes is they're out on the marsh and you see Kaya, which is really Catherine, but they call her Kaya for some reason. And you see her siblings there. You see her mom, like the relationship. And then you see the neighbor boy, Tate. And then her dad ends up coming out and just hitting her full force in the face. Yeah. Over really, it didn't seem like anything. Hitting her mother. I think he was upset because they were um, playing in his boat. Oh, yeah. Or rocking his boat. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why he hit the mother. I think she was just in the way. Yeah. No, first I thought he hit Kaya, pulled her by the hair. He did. And then the mother said, is that, have you had enough or have you done enough now or something? And then he hit her. Yeah. Slapped her. But Tate went and he defended Kaya. And then she's like, leave, leave my dad alone. So it was crazy how he was abusing her, but yet she defended him because she loved him. She loved him. Yeah. Yeah. So we do know that the household was extremely abusive and a very Mm -hmm. dysfunctional situation. It leads us down the path of Mm -hmm. uh, showing her father as being an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and also a child and wife a domestic abuser basically yes which was tough it was really tough and then from that you see he beats the mother pretty much senseless yes the next scene yeah they don't show all all of that but they you can hear it in the background and you see her reaction to it as a little girl and it's so heartbreaking like I literally was crying like five minutes into this movie it was hard and then because of the abuse the mother can't take it anymore she's just been broken and she leaves in the night yeah she leaves all her kids with the abusive father and she's just gone yeah and then one by one each of her Mm -hmm. kids decides to leave until it's only kaya and the dad and the dad which i have a lot i mean i can't either you and i were talking about it and there's no rhyme or reason like it's not her mother's fault Obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I also just felt like, ooh, that was tough to leave yes. your children behind yes. knowing that your husband is going to abuse them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I can't right. justify that. And no, but I was thinking, why wouldn't have you packed them all up with you is what I was thinking. I think what you had said earlier before we were recording made a lot of sense, which she was just in such shock. She had just mm-hmm. been... And we'll she get into it later because we don't, she, yeah, we don't find out some of the story. It'll piece it together too for us yeah. later on and we'll find out some stuff later on. So we don't want to totally spoil it, but yes. I think she just received such a horrible beating. Yeah, I do too. she had she to. She in shock. Yeah, agreed. wandered out, but it was really hard. I can't even imagine being, I was trying to guess the age of Kaya. Do you think she was seven? Ish. Yeah. Or something like that. Around yeah. that age, like a very young girl. She was very young. And, you know, she had to learn then. She learned from the lesson of the others that left, one by one, all her siblings too, that you just kind of tried to stay away 
from her her pot and just kind of do your own thing. So she was, and she was hungry. He basically gave her what grits. Grits. It was all he well, allowed them to eat. Yeah, and that was he after alcohol. She, yeah, and she's like, "Well, I'm hungry." And then he went and got her a little bit of grits, but not enough to survive on. No. And so that was really sad. And so <clears throat> then the really nice Maple that her and her husband owned the store in the town. She's like, "Well, honey, at the school is a free lunches if you go." And so Kaya decides, and the, the lady tells her she has to wear a skirt and all that, but she'll get the free food, and it's okay if she doesn't wear shoes. Because I mean, seeing this girl is heartbreaking. She's in like overalls at the time, I think, or something, or just really wore yeah. out clothes. And so she goes through her mom's clothes, and she finds like a dress that she makes into a skirt. Yeah. She has no shoes. She's gonna go to the school. And wow, that was just so sad too. And on the way there, we actually see a little bit younger version. He doesn't really look younger, but he's supposed to be younger of the lawyer that actually ends up defending her. Yeah, yeah, Tom Milton. He's kind to and her. And he was kind to her on the street. And he saw kids making fun. And he said, you know what? You have every bit as much right to be there as they do, huh? Yeah. So don't let them. And told her to go on to school. Well, she gets there. And of course, kids will be kids. Yeah. And she knows nothing. She's never been to school a day in her life. Yeah. She doesn't know how to read, write, anything. And so they make fun of her. And then the clothes that she's wearing, they call her a marsh rat and all sorts of swamp rat, yeah, marsh monster, or something. something. Just yeah. really heartbreaking. And so, of course, she runs out and never goes back. Kids can be tough and yeah. cruel. Yeah, so that was just so heartbreaking. And I think also this was before the time when um, they had passed that going to school was, uh, not attending school was Mm -hmm. illegal. Yes. So I think because many families were still, they needed children as Mm -hmm. laborers on farms and things like that to help bring in money for the household. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like the town folk didn't seem uh, surprised or care that she wasn't attending school, especially because she was a woman. We'll get into that Mm -hmm. later, but... Well, and you see Mabel trying to help a few times, but then jump in her husband's like, that's their business. Right. Because you had to be careful not to get into other people's business either. That wasn't yours. Was yeah. And like, I felt a racial dynamic because yes. this is still, even though this is not considered like the down south, mm-hmm. it's still during mm-hmm. the 1950s, which is before civil rights yes. movement. And so we're still looking oh, at Jim Crow laws mm-hmm. and all of those horrible uh, things that, Definitely see that there was a racial movie. divide mm-hmm. in the town too. Yeah. So it was really sad. And so this poor seven-year-old girl that now everyone's left, well then she's left with her abusive dad. All of a sudden, He's gone, too. He just left. Yeah. So first, you do see a scene where she gets a letter, or he gets a letter from the ma. She can't read it. So he reads it, and he burns it. Yes. So that happens. And so she doesn't know, like... He's so cruel. Yeah, where her mom is. And he's like, she's never coming back. Well, then she says, you know... Then her dad just left one day. So we don't know, like, did he just pick up and leave? Did he end up dying in the marsh? I don't know. He was just gone. Yeah. And never came back. And I can't even imagine. So she's now totally all alone. She has no food. She can't go to school to eat it. And so she has to figure out how to survive on her own. So she uses her brains and she uses the marsh and she knows how to go and she gets the mussels. And so she's able to collect enough and she takes them to jump in and she sparks up kind of a business deal with him. Yes. Which she's such a gritty, um, driven little girl. I know. And resourceful. Yes. Like, I mean, I goes mean, the, out to the middle of the ocean, is digging for mussels, yes. brings them back, and then negotiates mm-hmm. a deal with Mabel and Jumpin about if she continues yeah. to provide those, then he will allow her to um, barter for food. Mm-hmm. So, 
I was like, this little girl is so resourceful. Yes, I thought that was amazing. And I mean, she's had to be in, in the way that she was raised right. and just being out in that. But I was thinking, wow, there's no way at seven years old. I couldn't even barely walk down the street by myself. Like I was, I guess, so right. sheltered and stuff. And she's literally on this boat out. I mean, you see, actually, there was a scene where she's running from the cops at the beginning of the movie and she jumps into the water. And I was thinking, and you had just seen an alligator or crocodile or something moments before in one of the scenes. And I'm like... Wow, there's no way. Like no. I am terrified of alligators and crocodiles, anything with teeth like that. And she just jumps in like no problem. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, she's just swimming. And wow. I was the same way. I'm like they, and I think they did that on purpose. But we just saw a shot before that where there was literally yes. an alligator. Yeah, and and she like, just jumps into the same water, oh. and the cops do collect her at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. So I know, it was I know, just I was wild. like, uh, like that was giving me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> thinking of that. And snakes, that's another one that I'm like, no, thank I mean, you. she doesn't get far. So. <laughs> No, she didn't. But so anyway, sorry, I had to go back to that because I was thinking there's no way I'd be swimming with the alligators. Dolphins, maybe, but alligators, no. So I think we're time jumping now Mm -hmm. to when she's a bit older. So it brings us to 1962. So April, I am very excited because we have our first sponsor. Yes, I am so excited too. So I am happy to introduce all of our listeners to Newsly. It happens to be an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. And I, for one, am so excited to hear about this because sometimes I just get busy or lazy and I (laughs) just love to be able to have someone fill me in on all the stuff going on. I am too. I'm very excited. What's also very interesting is you can follow any topic as specific as you want from things like sports, tech, business, science, or even the Kardashians if you're in the mood for some pop culture. That is so awesome. So guys, you can stop scrolling, start listening wherever you are, and we're going to give you a little insight of how you're going to be able to do that. So today, you're going to go to www.newsly.me. Again, that's www.newsly.me newsly.me and use promo code sweet as in sweet and spicy chicks for your one month free premium subscription. We highly encourage that you get there and try it out. That's right. And I left the best for last because they also have podcasts trending there as well in 80 countries and ours is on there. Yes, so it go is. Ahead, check it out. And that's Newsly. Yes, so it was 1962, and Tate, the little boy from previously, ends up coming back into her life. Yeah. And so you see these little presents and everything that start getting left in the marsh, and things like spark plugs of all things, and seeds for plants. Yeah. And feathers. And feathers. Because she loves, Kaya loves bird watching. Yes. And she loves all things nature, so I think it's important for us to call out. She was a naturalist Mm -hmm. and loved... All things nature, insects, uh, what else? Grass. Yes, the anything. Marsh, anything. Birds were like one of her favorites. Birds. And actually, we don't want to forget to mention that she is an amazing artist. Yes. And so she starts drawing these pictures too. But from a young age, when he had used to know her, when he'd stop by, he knew that she loved all these things. And so he starts yeah. bringing her these presents. One thing that I wanted to call out, which I thought was really cool, and I, I know we're digressing, so I will let you get back <laughs> on track, but is she couldn't read, she couldn't write, but she could see 
and be an artist. I mm-hmm. thought that was such a remarkable yes. talent. And it just goes to show that like you don't need to read, be able to read. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be able to write. You can still draw pictures yes. from what you're seeing. And that's what she did. Definitely. And Which she was, was so cool. knowledgeable. Like, yeah. She was just like a sponge just collecting all of this from nature. Is that true? Because you're an artist. I know you paint and you well, Not draw. very well. <laughs> not like her. Hers are amazing. I was like, wow. Like I'm so envious of people that can literally take something and the exact replica is on paper. Like that is just so amazing to me. And that's how she was. And so you see all of this woven in. And then he discovers upon getting to know her a little bit more. Because I, oh, he had left her a note there with this stuff. And she's like, well, with I couldn't read your and note. the feathers mm-hmm. and the, yeah. Yeah. So they start talking and he discovers, couldn't read the note. So he's like, well, I'll teach you. Yeah. And so from that, they start forming definitely a relationship. He comes and they meet in the marsh. And then she's like, well, you can come to my house. And he teaches her to read and to write. And then they read like books from the library, like all sorts of books. It doesn't matter what they are. And she is, she's just so eager to learn and she's a fast learner. And so she's knowing stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's just so amazing. And again, about perseverance and what you can push through Yeah, and all of that. And And he's the only one that pays attention to her. Yes. And she doesn't, I think we've uh, talked about in the beginning when she was a little girl, she was only interacting with Jumpin' Jack mm-hmm. or Jumpin'. Yeah. yeah. You're making up your own names. Jumpin' Jack. <laughs> Jumpin' Jacks. So Jumpin' Jack. Jumpin' Jacks. <laughs> Jumpin' and Mabel. Yeah. So those were the two um, yes. that she paid, the, the husband and wife. And then now it's Tate. But that's it. Yes. Like, she doesn't have family. No. It's just her. And she has these very uh, few and far between interactions Mm -hmm. with other humans. Mm -hmm. And so I think I got a sense, too. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, like, with character development. Mm -hmm. But it felt like she doesn't really communicate well. Like, did you get that? Her actions were very short. Yes. Like, Tate was trying to talk to her. And she was just very For years, if you hadn't talked to anyone. Yeah. Except the marsh. Because it... Shows like the marsh is her friend, right? And the marsh and all of its creatures are so alive to her, and so that's what she'd always say. Like the marsh pulled me through, right? But so like she knows to talk, the talk of nature, and to do that, but she doesn't know how to talk with human beings because she's never really been taught that. I mean, can you imagine barely talking to anyone just once in a while? No, for years, no, and just surviving and being quiet. So I think it did paint a good picture of that. And it'd be interesting to go read the book and see, you know, how different and everything and how much more they put into it. But I feel like, like, they do do a good job at, like, showing that. Yeah, I agree. Because I think if she was just, like, talking all the time, it would be fake. Right. Because you're not going to probably, you are going to feel uncomfortable almost and kind of reticent. But he pulled out things in her, and, of course, they couldn't help almost but fall in love. Right. They did fall in love. Yeah. And, I mean, that was really sweet and just, like, that first romance. And he was such a gentleman. Yeah, Tate is amazing. Yes. There's a scene where they almost are ready to go farther, and he's like, no, I can't. Like, it would be too damaging for you. And he, like, yeah. I love you, but I'm not going to do that to you. And he respected that and respected her. And I think what he's saying is, you. I have my whole life ahead of me because mm-hmm. Tate was very knowledgeable. He wants to be a biologist. Yes. He's going... We learn that as their relationship's developing, he's applying to college. Mm-hmm. So he knows that this isn't a forever relationship, right? As much as he wants it. As much as he does, yeah. He does respect her and how smart she is. I yeah. Because from everything and just how resilient and how she is just quick-witted and to be able to survive on her own, like he's just in awe of her. Yeah. But he does 
know that this isn't going anywhere right now. Right. Or maybe ever. He does make a good point. He asks her to kind of try to assimilate a little bit mm-hmm. into society. And mm-hmm. she really just, she's Can't. had bad experiences mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to. And I think he starts to understand, like, I'm going away to college. You are not willing mm-hmm. to assimilate. I understand it. But um, that kind of puts us in a rock and a hard place right. because I have to be involved with mm-hmm. these people. Yes. And if you're not able to go and I can't stay, like, right. where does that put where us? Where does that leave us? Yeah. yeah. So he, but he does assure her he will come back. So he goes and he gets accepted to college. He's like, I'll be back on the 4th of July. Meet me at our beach because they have this special place. Yeah. And so she gets all dressed up and she does have these clothes that Miss Mabel would give her and like kind of hand-me-downs or things mm-hmm. from, and so she had this beautiful dress that she'd had for years and yeah. she's able to go put it on and she gets all dressed up she puts a little bit of her mom's lipstick on and she goes and waits at the beach all night she watches the fireworks by herself and she wakes up in the morning and she realizes he's not coming he's not coming that was so devastating and i was she- so mad in that moment because i really thought i thought two things so mm-hmm. we hadn't seen the end of this so i thought right. oh no something happened to him. yes like I that's that were too. you thinking that right. too okay i was like oh no our uh, tate not yes. chase tate has had something happen like a car accident right. or um like something that's either delayed he was just him so or- sweet yeah and so kind and so true natured like i was like what we no. do learn that he just really didn't show up yeah and that was devastating of course for her because that was her one basic human interaction yeah and her one taste of love and who she fell in love yeah exactly and really love from anyone i mean her mom loved her but then her mom left like everyone that loved her left yeah and so this was another just like disappointment that in. Her. Mm-hmm. and she had opened her heart yes. too which was hard Oh, really hard. So five years pass. Five years. She's all by herself. We time jump again. So now we're in 19, what's 62 plus five? 1968 (laughs) is what I have in my notes. So because it was 1963 when he left. So there was like, they were together and having this relationship. For 12 months. For quite a while. I'm not sure exactly what month it was, but it was that time and then 1968 here she is and we meet chase andrews we meet chase what do we want to say about chase (laughs) he i have in my notes was a smooth talker and a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah he i loved how the movie did this so i will point out uh his i know we're gonna get into character Mm -hmm. moment later but i will say they did a phenomenal job the movie in very subtly turning him into who he really was, which mm-hmm. was ultimately also a domestic abuser. Yeah. Um, and a violent, uh, what do they call, um, a violent He was offender. a psychopath is what I think he was. <laughs> a psychopath. <laughs> he was a Psycho. violent sexual offender also. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know that. No. Because the movie, it was very subtle how yes. we thought, oh, he's very supportive, but not that supportive. Like, mm-hmm. he would he would give support, but if it ever, almost narcissistic, mm-hmm. if the attention and success of Kaya, mm-hmm. which she was getting success from mm-hmm. the art that she was drawing, right. um, if it overshadowed him in any way, he would make these nasty comments, like, well, don't get too full of yourself yeah. now. And I was like, excuse and me? And everything Did revolved you? around Chase. Yes. His words were like, you make me feel. You mm-hmm. make me happy. You make yes. me um, well, successful. He fed her all of these 
lies disguised as truth. Right. I mean, he said, like, I'll marry you and I love you. Because there was a scene where he started getting a little too frisky. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm out. And then he's like, wait, I didn't mean it. And so he would draw back enough to lure her. It was immediately that he was getting yeah. very handsy. And that's like, what she's like, I am not that kind of girl, you know. Literally, they met that day. And, and he's like, they trying went to the beach. On, yeah. Yeah. And she, he was going too far too fast. And he also uh, drank. Mm-hmm. He started to drink very heavily early on. Yes. Um, so I think, again, it wasn't like in your face that he was going to mm-hmm. be abusive. But little by little, you started to see these very dark character mm-hmm. dr- uh, yes, developments that definitely. they would do. Yeah. Had so a I thought lot it was of dark attributes to him. But yeah. it was like so subtle. It was. Like, you know, and like Jill said, it would be like he would say nice things, but in a derogatory way. Yeah. So it was like he would lift her up to crush her down. Right. And, but Which he, is something that an abuser does. Yeah. It's verbal abuse. And it's so sad because yeah. she was alone and then she finally opens her heart. She was alone for five years. Yeah. And she finally had moved on over Tate and all that. And then this guy comes, sweeps her off her feet. She believes every word that he... I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. He's handsome. He's very He seems to have everything going for him. She didn't want to move from the marsh, but he's like, well, I'll give you this house. We'll, like, have all this life and everything. And then he tricks her into thinking that he loves her and so she does she gets intimate with him yeah and then at a hotel he says they're going out of town for um he becomes an auto store parts manager Mm -hmm. and he's extremely excited about this which is great good for you um but but he he wasn't really excited that much about her because her drawings and all of that yeah she is going somewhere with it. She's trying to actually, we forgot to mention too, that Tate, before he left, he had told her this whole list of publishers that she should send her books to and all her pictures and get a book published. And because Tate left and she decided never to do it again. Well, then at this area of her life, in this era of her life, she decides I'm going to go and try to get this um, published because she needs money. Right. We find out because all these years, too, she had had the what was it like the children's kind of like DFS almost on her, like trying to what we would call like modern day CPS. Yeah. Yeah. So they, she had that and you see that all woven into the story, but then now there's people coming and they're trying to get her land. And so she has to go and find out, is this my land? And they find out, yes, it was in your family. It was your grandpa bought it, but there's back taxes on it. Yes. You owe back taxes. And so she's like, how much? And it ended up being, I think $800, which back then was a lot. A lot. And so she's like, oh, maybe I can get this book published. So she decided to try because for all these years, she didn't care. She was just living in the marsh alone. And then, so she's going to get this book published. And the same day that he's like, yeah, I got this job. Chase is all excited. But then she's like telling him that, oh, I might get my, you know, my book published. And he's like, oh. And that's when he's like, well, don't get too full of yourself. So it's yeah. always just this rude, It was about him. Always. Everything was about him. How he felt, yes. how she made him feel. Yes. Um, yeah, very narcissistic. so sad because she's on cloud nine then because she thinks this wonderful man loves her. And then she goes to town and she runs into him, the friends. And we've seen behind the scenes of how he's acting with his friends and talking about her. Disgusting. So sad. And then she runs face to face into him and his fiance. Yes, this is Pearl, my fiancé. And he really doesn't show any signs of remorse. Yeah. And he doesn't really... This is why I think he is kind of a psychopath, because he doesn't really seem like he's sorry either. 
Because when he goes to find her yes. after, I mean, she's obviously devastated. Well, yeah. He goes to find her and he basically is like, well, I don't understand why you're so upset. <laughs> I have to marry a girl like that. Okay. But yet you've been leading me on this whole time and saying, I'm going to be your wife. Yeah. And I'm the perfect girl for you. And now it's just like, whatever. Yeah. It's no big deal. He's such a jump. Yes. Well, then comes yeah. Tate back on the scene. Yeah. Tate's back, back after, after six years now. Mm-hmm. Six years. Yeah. yeah. And he's back from college and he overhears at one point uh, Chase talking about her and they get almost in a fight and there's all this like because what he's saying stuff. is just so graphic and yes. very he's sharing intimate details trying to be that kind of alpha male yes. I dominate her she and I have been together and sharing their intimate secrets so mm-hmm. it's very disrespectful and you can tell he has right. I don't think he has any respect for women personally but no <laughs> Um, But, yeah, Tate's extremely angry because he still loves her. But here's my question, too. Did you feel this way? Or this Mm -hmm. is where I paused and asked Matt. This is where we get into, like, girl talk, guys. So (laughs) bear with us. But I was like, well, okay, I understand that Tate's trying to defend her because he was saying disgusting things, very disrespectful Mm -hmm. things. Like, I wouldn't want anyone talking about my intimate life in that way. But Tate also just left her and never mm-hmm. came back and never even uh, like wrote a wrote note her nothing nothing mm-hmm. no one in town knew about it he ghosted her for literally mm-hmm. six years and all of a sudden he's back and he's like well and he actually comes in and to her house yeah but and- he also hits chase yeah. and he's like how could you treat her that way and i'm like dude i'm sorry can you- we pause for a second <laughs> how do you treat yes, her yes he's being disgusting <laughs> but you also treated her like horribly yeah so both of you kind of suck. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. In this moment. Right. Like, I'm not taking either of you aside. None of you, and I'm not going to champion any of you because I understood that he didn't like that she was being talked about disrespectfully. But at the same time, I'm like, you have ghosted her for mm-hmm. six years, my friend. now all of a sudden you're on your high horse. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're back in love with her and you're yes. going to defend her honor. Yes. I'm like, we need to back up her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel that way or was it just Yeah, okay? kind of. And I mean, I was half asleep. So part of it, I was just like, I think I'm sleeping through it. But when he goes to her house and that's basically and confronts her and it's like, that's what she says, basically. Like, really? You're yeah. coming here and you're telling me to stay away from him when you treated me like this. You left and you never came back. And that's so she true. gives it to him hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just was sticking up to her for, for her right yes. before that scene. And yep. then she does She did it for it. herself. I think she threw a rock at him. She was not happy. She's like, get off my out of my lagoon. Like, you do not belong here. <laughs> and then he apologizes. He and he tells her, like, I did want to come back, but I knew that you weren't going to be happy anywhere else. Like, this is your home. And I had to go. Like, I couldn't just be here. I had to go to college. I yeah. had to learn. I had to succeed. But I'm back now. I'm going to be a biologist here. And so he just kind of wants like, to almost... Can be together yeah, forever. Like, I was like, fall back into where we left off six years ago. And I'm like, dude, it's not just that easy. Like, break a girl's heart. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm back now. I'm Everything back. will be fine. Yeah. And then he was like, I really want to be with you. And I'm here for good. And That's like, cool. Um, no. <laughs> and it was just so hard. Because then I think after that is... Was it then and then after that that she discovered that Chase was basically yes. leading her on? Yeah. So yeah. it was after that. We did a little bit of a time jump. It was after she found yes. him with Pearl. He introduces his fiance Pearl. Then he goes to find her because she's obviously devastated. Yeah. And Trigger 
alert, you know, trigger warning here. He, um, he beats her and then rapes her very violently. Yes. And then she ends up being able to defend herself, hits him with a rock. Yeah. On the head. And all this comes out in pieces because they do weave together this whole trial thing. And yeah. And time jump a lot. We're not going to be able to do all this back and forth thing. Like I said, even us, we're kind of chasing our tail trying to remember. And we even have notes. So bear with us. But so you'll see some of this revealed through the trial and things. And so there's actually a guy that ends up witnessing that end part yes. of it. He doesn't witness the rape but he witnesses her yelling and kicking him and saying like if you ever come near me again like stay away from me and I will kill you yeah so it doesn't help her in court that that he the gentleman I don't think they ever name him but the gentleman that views the end of that Mm -hmm. situation takes it out of context and then the the prosecution uses him mm-hmm. as a key witness to say, yes. isn't she such a violent, wild person? But what they don't know is that what she is trying to explain is that prior to that, she had just been very brutally raped by yes. that man. Yeah. And I feel like the whole town, it was just really sad that they always viewed her through this skewed perspective, like almost through a dirty window where they only saw that part that they wanted to see of her. Like they labeled her this and that's who she was to them. She was Marsh girl. She was dumb. She was stupid. She didn't know any better. She was like a witch, they said. And all these just really cool things. She was this wild, wild, loose Mm -hmm. woman with no morals. And And you're like, that's not, I like what you just said. It, It was looking... Them looking through a dirty window. I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal that now. I can't. It was. It was like such a, a skewed perspective. Yeah. And almost like they painted her with the colors that they wanted her to have. Right. Because it fit what they thought it should be. Yeah. And it's like, actually, people, and the lawyer at the end, you'll hear him stick up for her and say, I should have stuck up for you before. But she was a little girl. Right. She was abandoned by everybody. And what did we do? We added on. And we victimized her even more. Right. And so instead of defending her and doing the things that we should have and nurturing her, she had to defend herself for all these years and grow up. And yet here she is, this amazing woman, really. Like she's able to persevere through all of this and to be resilient. And and just the marsh itself, it just showed that kind of picture of resilience. And I love that part of it. What did you think? Man, I'm like blown away listening to you right now. I'm like, (laughs) say more. Um, Because you did a great job describing how society viewed her. So I think that was really important. I also think uh, as we're closing towards the end of the trial, um, here's the thing. So she's on trial for Chase's ultimate murder. They believe, based off of what they know about her, that she was uh, the one who forced chase onto that railing that was slippery and then ultimately pushed him off. That's what they're saying she's mm-hmm. charged with. She's charged with um, manslaughter. Yeah. Uh, so I like how her lawyer, Mr. Melton, used everything that you just said, society's treatment of her, the prejudice and bias views of her, mm-hmm. to actually create the idea in the jury's mind that we are putting a woman who's been much maligned on trial and maligning her even more for a murder that she couldn't have possibly committed. And then he very logistically goes through the sequence Mm -hmm. of what had to have occurred for her to do that. And there's actually a lot. Yeah. So... Let's fast forward a little Mm -hmm. bit. I know we talked about Chase and Tate, which were the love interests in her life. We did talk about Chase's treatment of her. She did say, if you ever come near me again, I'm going to kill you, which Mm -hmm. doesn't help her in court. No. (laughs) Um, But 
kind of segueing off what you just talked about and how society viewed her, he, so Mr. Milton creates the kind of defense of you've unconsciously created a bias that says she's guilty and that's not fair. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that proves that she's guilty except for what we would call, um, Circumstan- mm-hmm. circumstantial evidence? evidence. Yes. Thank you, my friend. Like, wow, maybe I do know something. You do. <laughs> so that's the only thing that they have to hold her with is circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. They have one person saying, right. I, she said I was, she was going to mm-hmm. kill him. And because she was, you know, was able to cover tracks and stuff. And he's like, well, that isn't really saying anything. Right. And then he was able to prove, too, that the waters rose so that any tracks could have actually been taken away There's from There's high that. tide and low tide yep. that happens. And then she was actually out of town. Right. Too, which I she was know. in Greenville. Mm-hmm. So that's where he goes through what would have had to happen for her to actually be a part of the murder yes. or involved. She would have had to get on a bus that night because she did, in the end, get awarded. We talked about her book being yes. published, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. She would have had to get on a bus from Greenville that mm-hmm. night, go back to uh, Berkeley Cove, mm-hmm. Berkeley Cove, mm-hmm. and then lure Tate mm-hmm. up to, nope, Chase. Oh, yes. Chase. Dang it. Lure Chase. <laughs> I was almost there. They were too confusing with these up two Up to the railing, get him to the railing, push him, mm-hmm. and then cover her tracks herself, mm-hmm. all without getting muddy, get yes. back on the bus at 2.30 a.m. Without having anyone recognize Without her. having anyone see you, get back on the bus at 2.30 a.m. to head to Greenville, and then that morning, take a shower, get clean, not look tired because the editor says she was fine. Yep. That takes... what he's saying is that takes a sociopath to do Mm -hmm. um it takes ingenuity and it Mm -hmm. takes no one noticing you right and he even says like that takes a mastermind to be able to do (laughs) and he almost uses the bias to get her get the jury to view what they've done to her but he also uses it in a way of saying are you gonna do this again to her because you've done it for years. So now's the opportunity to be a better person. Let's mm-hmm. be better people. Yes. Um, I love how that works for her, mm-hmm. not against her. Yes. But we also have some news. So we're going to tie it up here. Not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said there's a few other things that happen that we discover too. So she, do, we will say she does get acquitted. She does get acquitted. We'll tell you that much. And um, then also her brother comes back. Oh, that's right. So she pays for her back taxes. She's able to sell her books. And then she's able to pay her back taxes, get the land, get all her house and everything. And this happened kind of all interwoven. So I can't remember exactly the time. Sorry, that was me slapping the mic because I'm excited. She's mad. I'm just kidding. Mad or excited. I don't know. (laughs) So then her brother Jody ends up coming home. Yes. And he saw her book in a shop and was blown away to see her name on it and he tells her then that her mother did try to get her back so we discover like we were trying not to tell you too much beforehand but we discovered that the mother was so messed up when she got abused by her husband that she for a year forgot that she had children and wouldn't speak no so she goes to her sister she's able to get there after a year she tells her sister everything and then she tries to get her kids back that's where those letters were right and then the 
dad had written back and said, like, basically, if you try to reach out to them again, I will beat them like unrecognizable. Yes. And so she still tried to get a lawyer to save up money. She ended up getting leukemia Ugh. and passing away. Yeah. So that was so sad. But, but I thought it was cool <clears throat> her brother came back. Yes. So now she at least has Someone. her adult brother, Jody, yes. in her life. And they don't know where the other siblings are, but at no. least. And he's been in the military and he is a really good guy. Yeah. And so, but he, and he does apologize for leaving her all alone. Yeah. He knows how hard that was for her. And so that was something that I liked that was kind of a bow on top, at least one part of it the was. story. It was. She is someone in her corner now. Yes. And I mean, that was just devastating though to think about that. And the, the whole time she said, like, I just kept thinking mama was going to come walk down the lane or come back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just always thought she was going to be here. Yeah. And that was so hard. I but, know. And she dies. Yeah. Oh. But at least she has her brother now. So that was at least one good thing. <laughs> and so that actually, I think, happened before. But I did want to tell you all about that because that was something I really liked about it. Yeah. It was one of my f- was that favorite, your faves. One of my favorite scenes. I'm like, oh, good. Something good is actually happening for this poor girl. <laughs> I think my favorite scene is when Mr. Melton was tying up when he was actually as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Your Closing Argument. Yes. I thought he nailed it. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're so good. I did, too. Because he actually, guys, he had tried to get her to go on this the stand and right. she's like no I won't she said they never have believed me they won't believe me mm-hmm. now so so he decides to defend her and to which say is a that. bad move I actually if mm-hmm. this was in real life which I know it's not in real life <laughs> it's a yep. fiction for a reason but uh, in most murder trials they do not allow the defendant to take mm-hmm. the stand on their own behalf they highly highly recommend against putting the defendant on the stand yes because usually um the jury tends, especially for men, I will say this about about men, and we, we see this with like mm-hmm. real life documentaries, the jury tends to have a very uh, negative view of mm-hmm. even hearing them talk. So, and Well, that's what he had get, actually said. He's like, this isn't really a good move. I don't normally, I would not suggest this, but this is like my only hope is yeah. to let them see the you that I see. Yeah. And so he decides put her like, on the stand but she's a bold won't. move but most then most defense attorneys would not <laughs> no and that's what he she's like nope and so then he he says that beautiful speech that makes them say okay let's let's do this then we get done with all that she's, she's acquitted. acquitted she has money now she has a land everything's going good tate comes they make up yes he ends up asking her to marry and she's like well aren't we already it's like being a goose <laughs> did you catch that part and I was like what and oh I, because they partner and fly together forever yes. oh okay I think that's what it was about because I was like what <laughs> and then, so they're together now and they're going to get married and and that was kind of sweet but I'm kind of like I mean it's hard it's hard to move on past all of that stuff I know and to just kind of go back like nothing happened I, I don't know if she went back to nothing happened I think it also changed her because we do start to see with something we didn't mention was little by little especially with the publishing of her book and her mm-hmm. becoming kind of this it was her novel or her book not her novel ended mm-hmm. up becoming best a best-selling book yes. and so they the editors the reason why she was um, meeting them in Greenville was mm-hmm. because they wanted to do more they wanted mm-hmm. to see her other pieces of art they wanted to see her other like nature transcriptions so at the end of the movie we find out she's published multiple books Mm -hmm. but i do think her even getting on the bus she gets dressed up she starts Mm -hmm. very very slowly assimilating into society i think she she had kind of evolved where at the beginning when 
Tate and her were together, she was absolutely not able to do that. But I no. do think Tate going away, even though she went through kind of all of the horrible things to Chase, I do think little by little you start to see her mm-hmm. um, assimilate into society and not become normal. I think she's right. still very unusual mm-hmm. and unique, but she... Yes becomes a little bit more well-rounded. And I so I think mm-hmm. that's why she was able to say, hey, I still love you and I want to be with you mm-hmm. too. That's just my two cents. Yes. And one of my favorite quotes that Kaya says in the movie, I wrote it down because I'm like, this is so good. And it was actually when she was talking to the publisher and she says, I don't know if there's a dark side to nature, just inventive ways to endure against all odds. Mm, and so I good. thought that itself was like a definition of her. Yeah. Because that's what she was. Yeah. And so I think she had assimilated so much into nature and learned so much from that. Like that was her mom. Yeah. That was her dad. That was everything to her. So I really liked that part of it. And so then you see at the end of the movie, they grew old together and they never have any children. No, they don't. That was very interesting. Yeah. You see Jody, he comes with his kids and visits and everything. But you see through the years, they're still there on the marsh in that same house. Just loving each other and loving the marsh and so he's the biologist and she writes all those books yeah and so they just grow old together and then you see this last one of the last scenes and she's in the boat and she sees her mother on the shore where the yeah. crawdads sing she always her brother and everyone they'd always say like meet me where the crawdads sing yeah and then she sees her mom and that's when she passes away in the place that she loves most yeah right there in the arms of nature and I was like oh and yeah, so she lived good. this like you know beautiful life with Tate and then you see him going through all of her things and he's looking through all of her books and all the things that she wrote and he is in this book and he discovers this quote that says the marsh knows all about death and doesn't necessarily define it as tragedy certainly not a sin it understands that every creature does what it must to survive and that sometimes for prey to live its predator must die yeah and there's a picture of Chase, and in the back of the book is a shell necklace that she had given to Chase and that he had worn every day till he died. And that had all been part of the trial, too. And then Tate, he seemed every bit as shocked and surprised as I was. Yeah. And he was like, what? I was so blown away. Like, I'm like, what? Like, I really thought she was innocent. Like, I I did, too. I was <laughs> like, what? Like, I thought, oh, yay, they, they are growing old together, and they're, like, putting a bow on top. And I'm like, What? She I did, did not it. see that. It's coming. like one of the last scenes. Yes, Tate, and the necklace is does have a little bit of blood on it, so we're led to believe that she pulled it off him after she pushed him. Yep, and so that was just like a wow, a shocker. Like I never saw that coming. Yeah, how'd you feel about it? Like, did you feel different about her, or did you kind of feel like, hey, I agree with her statement? I think that she. We don't believe in murder. Let's no. just let's just yes. keep really like transparent that. about that. <laughs> Definitely. Don't murder. Okay. <laughs> don't murder at all. I just, I have in my notes, so, you know, I definitely perceived and thought that she was innocent, and I saw her through that viewpoint. But I think, just like she said, that she just saw it so much as a natural thing. Like, she was a creature of the marsh, and she lived as a wild thing her whole life, and she took on all the customs of nature. It basically was one that taught her a lot of things she knew about life. So I feel like... 
to her, it almost was like a natural thing. And it was because she would, you know, draw these pictures and show all these things. And she actually talked to the publisher about all the bugs and how they would like the fireflies would lure their mates and they'd have a different signal for when to lure them into mate and when to kill them. And she was talking about all of that with them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I didn't even put it's that sad. together oh, either. Okay. But all of the female, you know, to her, it was almost like, okay, like she knew that it was either basically her or him. I agree. I took the same uh, stance because they, she says, uh, actually, in one point of the movie, there is a description of Chase, and I think it's Jump In that says he's never going to stop. Like, mm-hmm. he will never stop looking for you yeah. because he is a man that is accustomed to having the last hit. Yep. And, and she knew that from her daddy, too. She knew that mm-hmm. from her daddy, and she also knew the last scene with them together was the very brutal rape mm-hmm. and her hitting him in the head with the rock. Mm-hmm. And so I think she, and he was looking for her yeah, around he town and on the boat. Yeah. So I think she, to your point, was accustomed to nature taking care of itself. Mm-hmm. And I also think she just felt like this. It was this like her is only never option. Stop. I think she's going to keep like, coming after yeah, me. It was her only option. She didn't want to leave the marsh. It was her home. Right. And um, he t- he burglarized her house. Yeah, he trashed her house it. bad. Yep. And so, and she even talks about like I was used to being alone and isolated, but living in fear was a different thing entirely. Right. And she had always been kind of afraid because they always had the people coming and trying, like from the to get her to CPS go CPS and, then and the, all that. The land mm-hmm. developers, yeah. So she was used to that kind of and like hiding and being like a scared animal, but that was a different thing to have someone hunt her. Right. And basically want to do her wrong. And so, I don't know. I was just kind of like, wow. Like, kind of blown away. (laughs) And I guess until we've lived in that, we'll never fully know. Yeah. And so, I feel like to her, I I feel like she was in her mind justified. Yeah. Because she was taught by nature. And so, to them, to her, the insects did it. Others did it. What's so wrong with me? I agree. I think think you're, like, so right about where she actually developed and it was in the wilderness mm-hmm. so, so there was her, no it was a natural the yeah. next natural step it wasn't like to us we're trained that that is wrong right we're morally trained, yes not something we need to no. do and, and we have our form of justice right we go to the government well she didn't trust right the government and had nothing to do with it and she'd seen and tasted of what the people we're going to do yeah yeah and so i think she just felt like she had to take justice into her own hands not saying it was right but it's almost like she just like locked it away Mm -hmm. she put it the necklace in that book and she it was just like she was able to live her life like to me i would feel very guilty living my life i was like "Mm, i don't know whether i think she was like a sociopath or what did her lawyer say it would have taken like a natural mastermind to do it i was like oh that's what i was thinking but i think that to her it was just like it was so black and white to her i think yeah it was just such a natural thing like because nature does it and she talks so much about the marsh and the marsh being her friend and it was her parents. the marsh doesn't recognize sin mm-hmm. the marsh doesn't yeah, recognize no. tragedy it just is a the circle of life mm-hmm. like he was the prey or she was the prey he was the predator yeah she killed him and life goes on life like, goes she didn't on. really seem to have any remorse because no. to her there was no need to have remorse she was taking care of herself just like the bugs or animals would which really struck me i really was struck by the fact that she was not remorseful 
No, because she seemed to just be able to put it behind her. She had her beautiful life with Tate. She didn't, you didn't see any, and maybe the book describes it differently, yeah. but there was nothing that she seemed sad. It literally was. It was just like that. Just, it was done. It was in the, the past, and she did what she had to do to survive. Right. And that was it. Yeah. Oh, and really like, good. Wow. So <laughs> what did you think overall? Like we talk about, oh. let's talk about character development. What do you think <clears throat> about the actors and overall? So I don't know. I didn't have like a huge like picture of what it should be in my mind because I never read the book or anything. So as far as if the characters fit, I don't know how they were described in the book. So it'd probably be a different uh, perspective if I had. I don't know. I felt like they did okay. Like I think she did really well overall. There was just a few areas that I don't know why I didn't feel like certain things fit. You know, yeah. you just like kind of feel that through some movies. And then my thing, I don't know if it had to be two hours, but again, they're probably condensing a really long book. Yeah, I think with books, it's always tough. Yes. And I mean, I feel like, and I was tired, so maybe that's why it just seemed kind of like a long two hours. I felt like with Redeeming Love, it didn't feel like two hours to me at all. No. It was just like, Wow, I love that movie, yeah. And so this one, I felt it was more drawn out to me, but I was tired too. What do you think? What were your thoughts? I didn't love the acting. Uh, I think I told you this, but we didn't get into why. Yeah. I just felt like it was very abrupt acting almost. Like the lines weren't... I didn't feel like... It's not that I didn't feel like the story was real. I think mm-hmm. they did a really good job interweaving the story and still driving the main plot, which was getting her um, acquitted of a crime mm-hmm. that she ultimately committed. But I just felt like Tate and uh, Chase and then the the romance and the dialogue, I was like, oh, it just feels really short. You know what I mean? Like, it was I didn't just know, very weird. Yeah. I didn't know, like, with her, how you had mentioned before, like, how she seemed kind of... I just felt, I guess, again, like, she was almost of the wild, so she didn't use a lot of words, and she was more quiet, like, almost like an animal would be. Like, so to yeah. that, it seemed naturalistic to me. Them, I was really tired, I guess. I didn't really put a lot of thought into that. I think Chase and Tate's dialogue was could have been a, a little, little bit better. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just some of the the, like runoff sentences mm-hmm. that they used. I was like, oh, we couldn't have picked better vocabulary there. <laughs> like, I know we're, we're yeah. not in this time, but right. it just was very, it seemed abrupt. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's maybe the actors that they picked, um, but I, t- I turned to my husband at one point and I was like, this doesn't really feel like great dialogue. Like, it could have been a little bit better. I love, love Reese Witherspoon, so this is no shade to you, girl, <laughs> whatsoever. Um, because Big Little Lies, you did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And I do think the story, the plot, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that the acting and some of the dialogue Overall. could have been a little bit. Yeah. So did you have better. a favorite character? No, not this time. I really, I mean, I liked Mr. Melton, the lawyer. Mm-hmm. I thought his closing argument was he's just a well-spoken man and they made it a point to say that he was very experienced in his practice and he was Mm -hmm. actually retiring and he agreed to take this pro bono so I think he did a really great job um, from a supporting cast member perspective Mm -hmm. but I didn't really have I think that that was it too is like I didn't really I didn't resonate with any of the Mm -hmm. characters like I did with redeeming love Mm -hmm. um I didn't really like resonate with Kaya, I didn't resonate yeah. with Chase, and I well, didn't. And before with the ending, I had been writing my notes, and I had picked hands down Kaya. Oh, but you did. I did just because. I don't know, something about it, like, spoke to me about perseverance oh, okay. and strength and being able to endure anything. 
like her strength spoke to me because from seven years old, being able to be alone like that and to endure all the things that she endured and still go on to do the books and the things she did and to still love, like that showed me such bravery of character. I mean, that's great. Do you feel like but the then, story did it well or do you feel like that she did it well as an actress? No, I felt like it was more the story. Okay. It wasn't <laughs> like that too. I resonated with her necessarily as an actress or anything in part of the, I just felt like the story, like I'm like, wow, like maybe I should go read the book because I think I, in that part, would actually like it. But then yeah. at the end, I was like, oh, wow, like she's a cold-blooded murderer. Like, I know. <laughs> so I'm like, Me too. can I choose that anymore? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but to your point, I don't really know if she was, a, she doesn't operate in the world no. we operate in. It would be like, I mean, almost think of like the Jungle Book or something. Like if we're all raised by a pack of wolves, right. like we're going to have their mannerisms and we're going to think that what they do is okay. Right. And then when we come into society, society tells us how we should live and dress and act in a lot right. of ways. Like we have morals yeah. because someone tells us to have morals in a way. Or we, like with us, we have God and we have that right. showing us how to be. But if you aren't raised in any of that... You know, like, yeah, you don't can't know. be measured to right. the same expectations mm-hmm. when you've never been introduced to what the expectations mm-hmm. are. You know, like I think she was just living the best she could with the rules that nature had taught her. Yeah, I think what the only thing at the end that struck me, and I had to think about this like a little bit, was I get the the predator versus prey, mm-hmm. but this was premeditated, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like you were in the right. situation just, where you beat him mm-hmm. to death because he had just beat you and you were trying to. In self-defense, right? Get like him if off. she'd done it at that moment, right? Then it would have seemed. I think we more. would have been a little bit more sympathetic, but this was very calculated and premeditated. Yeah. She had to come back and do all the things that they said. She had to sneak <laughs> back and do that, murder him, and then go back. So she just so just to walk through, she did disguise herself on a bus, get on the bus, ride back into town, lure Chase, and we don't we didn't read the book. This movie doesn't go over how she lured him back onto the railing. Yeah. I'm assuming she said she wanted. Get back with him, yeah, and lured him into the woods, pushed yeah. him off, grabbed the necklace, then covered her tracks with her mm-hmm. hands. Or that's what she had done in other scenes of the right. Movie. Mm-hmm. Or she the marsh help. actually did help her out. It yeah. doesn't go into whether or not it did. We're assuming both, mm-hmm. uh, and then get back on the bus in disguise, and then go back, shower, and then have the meeting with her publisher mm-hmm. slash editors. Yes. Which I almost wish lot. I could have had time to read the book, but sometimes it's hard because I don't want to ruin the movie for myself yeah. either. But I do know people that really like both the book and the movie. And of course, usually people like the movie or the book more than the movie just because it can go into so much more detail. Right. And it can be so well written. So sometimes you might not always like exactly like the ending, but you like how it's written and you like, again, the tenacity and the perseverance. Because I know people really loved it so I would love to almost read the book yeah yeah and be able to look at it and because there's times where I'm like from a movie I'm almost like okay but if you have read the book it'll fill you in on a lot of right stuff. It's, so yeah. then we kind of know more and maybe the why because movies have such little and it's all a lot of just what we see and then that little bit of vocabulary that they have which you says you said and that everything it's was real short <laughs> Yeah. And so I felt like there were some gaps of like the how and the why and all of that. So 
maybe someday we'll have to read the book and then we can fill you guys in on what our thoughts are. <laughs> All right. So at the end of this, are we saying stutter dud? Because I know we got to wrap wrap this up. Ugh. I would have to say. <laughs> I always hate like saying dud because it always feels sad to me and it feel, it makes me feel like I'm slapping someone in the face that put so much heart and effort into it. Yeah. But overall, it's not a movie I'm going to go back and rewatch a lot at all. It's not Elvis to me. No. And it's, I, I mean, Elvis wasn't Elvis to me. <laughs> Yeah, you so, had very different thoughts about it. I did. I'm going to have to say the same. I'm going to go with, I, and I think we probably are saying this without reading the book. Uh, yeah, if we read the book, maybe we'd be able to look at it differently. With the context filled mm-hmm. in. But I think without that and just knowing what I saw, I would say I wasn't, I, it yeah. was a dud. I was oh, I hate saying, I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan. No. And they had a lot of bad characters. I was going to ask you, like, what's your, you know, the worst character? But there was so many. How do you pick? There were so many. I mean, there was just so much. I think they did a great job in showing all the bias and prejudice of the time. Um, So I don't have a bad character to pick. It was tied because especially between her dad and Chase. (laughs) Like, those are the two top for me. Chase was the only character I felt like, though, that I understood the development and it was mm-hmm. very clear and they did a very good job at the, yes. the subtlety everybody else I kind of was like okay well uh, it's very not clear what's going on <laughs> for you <laughs> yes. like Tate there was no like we didn't get that he was not going to come back and we didn't get that he didn't write the letters and we didn't get <laughs> that the, he told the town like it just wasn't that so I no. I have to say without reading the book that I didn't love the movie but mm-hmm. maybe if we had read the book it would yeah. be different so I don't know we might get a lot of hate for this but that is our Probably thoughts will. on it's it <laughs> sorry we really <laughs> wanted to love it and like I said maybe looking at it from the perspective of the book we will someday yeah but it's not something we're going to go watch so you guys go watch it or tell us and tell sorry us. if we're not friends anymore because you don't like it. No. Yeah, after listening, <laughs> tell us on Instagram, tell us on Twitter, tell us on wherever we're yes. at what you guys thought. And if you disagree, we're totally like yes, you're validated. You're valid. <laughs> tell us why. You know, different opinions still love each other. Yeah. And maybe it's because, you know, you read the book and so you're looking at it through that lens and then Agreed. tell us why because we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. But this has been so much fun. Sorry we were rambling a little bit. I barely slept, as you can tell. We <laughs> We have some fun stuff coming up, though. Should we tell them what sure. we're going to do? You go right ahead. Okay, so the next episode we're doing is going to be a Get Real episode, mm-hmm. and we're dealing with insecurity, which I'm yes. so excited about. Yes. <laughs> we so definitely we have, both dealt with that. <laughs> we have Get Real, which is our bonus episode, Insecurity. Mm-hmm. We have Blonde, which is the rewritten story mm-hmm. of Marilyn Monroe, which is airing on Netflix September 28th. So we are super excited yes. to do that. And we might have to push that when we're not sure into November we'll see how this all plays yes out we think we might because what's coming you tell them yes well the funny thing is I've never even ever in my life watched Hocus Pocus but there's a new one coming out so I told you that has to be our Halloween special yeah <laughs> and it actually falls right on Halloween yep. so, so we are so excited so stick with us because right. it's going to be a great October and then we're going to take you into a smooth November that's right <laughs> and we're excited we are so excited thanks so much for joining us guys hope you have a great day And we'll talk to you later. We love you. Bye. Bye.